Hey, what are we drinking? My name is Jeff, and I'm joined as always by my good friends, Richard. Whoa! And Michael. Howdy. And you were listening to the Mount Rushmore <laughs> podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, where Richard and Michael debate and deliberate the most ubiquitous aspects of many different topics. And this time around, you might guess it is the Mount Rushmore of TV character catchphrases. I know you are, but what am I? Uh, no, seriously, what are you, Jeff? No, what are you, dude? I'm not a professional host. Uh, Richard, did you come up with this? I did come up with this one. And, uh, yay! And I don't know. I I, I, I was just thinking about uh, watching TV, and I, I don't know what show I was watching, but some character. Some char- it must, must have been Seinfeld. Wait, was it? I'm Tom Brokaw, and now the news. I'm Tom Brokaw, that- and you're not. And which you're I think not- might have been ripped off of somebody else. I'm yeah, not sure. I'm not sure. Well, it's Seinfeld. That might have been Seinfeld, and it might have been like a one of the characters said something. Like it might have been like a yada 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 or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just got me thinking about how TV and I mean, there are catchphrases in movie franchises or even within a movie that kind of happen. Yeah. But TV, because of the reputi- repetition and because of the yeah. fact that you see these characters every week, there are certain catchphrases that just sort of become ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Sometimes good, and sometimes to the detriment of the show. Yeah, so right. that just got me thinking about all the all the different ways we could attack this subject. Yeah, like in uh, The Wire. Hey, do you want to buy some drugs? <laughs> and then the laugh track comes in. <laughs> the laugh okay. track of The Wire, I think, is my one the one thing I would cho- change about The Wire is I would get the rid of the laugh track. <laughs> Mash and The Wire, they all have inappropriate laugh track. Exactly. Oh, okay, uh, Michael, what is your first TV character catchphrase? Hey. Hey. hey! Also on my list. Hey! Oh, really? oh awesome! Uh, the Fonz, Arthur Fonzarelli. Um, what I really like about his catchphrase is that it's only really done by him. Uh, maybe the other characters do it every once in a while, but it is so versatile uh, as a catchphrase. It can be used. He can be disgusted or angered by someone. Uh, doing something that causes him to give him an A. It could be like to X, you know, to as a uh, exclamation is something that's great. A. It could be just like uh, he's leaving the room. He's like A, and he just uh, you know uh, takes off. I I like that it doesn't really mean anything. It's just this exclamation of it's just like it's just like a thing that this guy does, and he's just like it's just such a part of him, mm-hmm. and that. Um, you know, I wonder what the first A was. I don't know. I didn't do much research on this, to be honest. <laughs> but I, I can imagine it was just like, hey, back off. And then over time, it probably grew and grew yeah. and as the cheers from the audience kind of, um, you know, kind of crept into it. It became the thing that he just, um, listen, it's no sit on it, but um, <laughs> right. on it, but uh, A is, it's just right up there. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's, yeah. it is so like guttural and vocal and an emo- it's just this emotional response to every situation i i think it it's 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 why it kind of works <laughs> yeah i agree with michael i chose it for many of the same reasons it's just it's it's, it's a catch-all right and, and like michael said you can you can put it in any situation 
And that kind of is, and it, it only works for that character. I mean, if, if Ralph Mouth would have gone, hey, <laughs> it just doesn't have the same gravitas as, as the Fonz doing it. And it you just sort almost, of. You would almost probably be uh, angered by, that someone else would do it too. I feel like that, that actually happened on the show a few times. Mm-hmm. That might have, but must have been like some sort of mm-hmm. gag on there where one of the other characters did it and Fonz got mad about it. <laughs> must have been and it was probably potsy do you uh you guys are a little bit do you, you you get encountered happy days in reruns probably like on nickelodeon no i i had it the last few years because it what it ran until like what 83 or something like that i don't i don't know yeah let's see how long it ran i'm gonna check but... well i recall i think a fonzie t-shirt where he is and it was an illustration of fonzie where he is specifically doing his thumbs up gesture and, and I think it was E Y Y Y Y Y Y was a, or maybe it was a Y Y Y Y. That was like the first thing that I had to. Ha- I think the first thing that I asked my parents for, that in terms of clothing that, that they bought, was a Fonzie shirt. <laughs> first piece of clothing you ever had. Before that, was, you just run around buck naked. Running around naked. And hey, hey, that's the power of a. <laughs> my a was showing. No, well, eighty four ran until nineteen eighty four. Okay, so I do was, have some of the. Was he off the show by then for a couple of years, or I don't remember. I think he was on it for majority of it. Yeah. Now check. I'm a... looking right now. Yeah, he was on the cast for the whole uh, the whole series, the whole okay. run. Okay. I thought he. But by the last few years, he was like teaching. Yeah. And it got weird. <laughs> so. There was. Uh... He taught the kids we... their A's and their B's. <laughs> but I bet he just stopped at A's. A's, yeah. A's. A's. All right, that's all we're all for today. Do you think that is essentially an Italian Americanism that he is doing in character mm. as Arthur Fonzarelli? Well, as the resident Italian American, I feel compelled to uh, to answer this, and I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be more of like a greaser fifties, early sixties guy. Okay. Than anything. Because I, 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 while his last name was Fonzarelli, I don't particularly think of him as being an Italian character. Okay. I think of it being more of kind of a greaser character. Okay. Who happens to be Italian. He's, the, you know, the Fonz yeah. because he doesn't, you know, because maybe Fonzarelli isn't exactly the coolest name to have in yeah. 1958 Milwaukee. I guess the, the Cunninghams don't have Irish accents either. So No, they don't. <laughs> well, that, that Speaking of Milwaukee, I think, like, yeah, they do seem to be like, um, uh, Laverne DeFazio wasn't necessarily super Italian. Either, but the big ragu was pretty darn Italian. Pretty Italian. His name's <laughs> the big ragu for God's sakes. I'd like to point out that the Fonz was the coolest guy in Milwaukee in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> this is a pretty low bar <laughs> for being cool guy. Well, what I what I was thinking is uh so one as a kid, um oh I, I met somebody a few years ago who did he was a younger person and did not know that Happy Days was not created within the era in which it portrayed. Oh, they thought it was an actual like 1950s show. Yeah, yeah, not a documentary, <laughs> right? <laughs> but he did not know that eh, this was a good twenty years or 50, eh, about twenty-ish years after the time and the era in which it's portrayed. And it could have been because they got all the clothes; everything's wrong in that thing. There's people with feathered haircuts and you know, like almost bell-bottom jeans. There's a lot of fashion and stuff in that that is kind of like very kind of '70s looking. But um, I would also say that 
uh, as a performer, uh, Henry Winkler definitely has evolved into a, if you watch him on Barry, um, you know, he, he plays a character, Gene Cousineau, but Henry Winkler has almost a rabbinical kind of presence. So the, the, the A is just one tick away from this. <laughs> <laughs> but the emotion and outpouring of, of kind of like spirit that Fonz, you know, Fonz was also kind of a caretaker. He was a, a wisdom figure. So there is, I think, so much of Henry Winkler <laughs> in this in this character of this this caretaker, watcher over, wise, wise elder. The guy is too old to be hanging around with these teenagers, that's for sure. Okay, well, what do you got uh, for your sec for your second for your second, Richard? All right, my second choice is an example of when a catchphrase takes over a show. Okay. That would be the Steve Urkel. Did I do that yeah. oh, on Family okay. Matters? Um, Family Matters, a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. And for the first couple of seasons was set primarily, was really exclusively on the Winslow family. You know, with the dad and the cop was a cop and the mom and the whole, whole kids and everything. And the Steve Urkel character was meant to be like kind of this one-off bad date character for Laura Winslow. And he became, he was such a hit on the show, they kind of brought him back as a recurring character. Then they brought him in as a uh, full-time cast member. And by like the fourth or fifth season, he is the main star of the show. It is the Steve Urkel show with the Winslow family doing B-plots behind him. And his catchphrase just becomes like this, just this, drumbeat that has to get hit every episode and as soon as like the audience is just waiting for it like when's he gonna say it when's he gonna say it oh there it is (laughs) and then they can turn it off and move you change the channel you see what you needed to see exactly um there is a great uh key and peel sketch about uh steve urkel um taking over family matters and basically in their version of it, he is like this deranged psychopath who has the power to like make <laughs> bend people to his will. And like the, uh, the creators of the show are trying to tell him that they're, they don't want him on anymore. And he's like making him put a gun to his head and like, Oh, did I do that? <laughs> it's a fantastic sketch. If you haven't seen it yet, go, go watch it. But you know, I, I, and it's, I got a feel for the guy who played Steve Urkel, Jaleel White, because you know how many times a day he has to get people coming up to him and saying that? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be right up there with, I I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to say it because it might be one of Michael's choices, but there are certain actors who I think have had to um, live down the infamy of their characters that they, they play. And I remember like every opportunity that Jaleel White got to, show that he wasn't Steve Urkel. He like pushed hard to mm-hmm. not be Steve Urkel. I remember he played like on every like MTV rock and jock b-ball jam. Yeah. And he <laughs> would be out there like everyone else would just be goofing around, throwing shots behind their back, you know, and he is out there like doing behind, you know, through uh-huh. the legs, behind the back dribbles and spin moves and, and trying to like show everybody up because just so he could prove that he was actually a jock and not a nerd, like, like Steve Urkel. 
Yeah. So I got to I, I just got to I mean, I, I don't feel too bad for him because he's probably living in a palatial estate somewhere in Bel Air while I'm uh, decidedly not. Mm-hmm. Did but, he but I do feel bad for him, though. I think he just did a promo for like uh, marijuana or something with with it. With oh, really? Dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, huh. I think he just did, as the in full on Urkel. In um, Urkel mode? Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, again, oh, yeah, Purple Urkel. Oh, there we go. Oh, so this is a little bit old. April 12th, 2021. Steve Urkel, actor Jaleel White, launches Purple Urkel cannabis brand with seven labs. As a wise as a wise man once said, everybody has a price. And I guess yeah. we found out what Steve what uh, Jaleel White's was. Yeah. You know, uh if we do talk about other catchphrases of shows from the seventies, there's uh one that I think was actually supposed to be the Fonz Killer. Um from a show and uh, not, I don't know if it was true with the cast of uh, uh, family matters or whatever. Was that the family show Steve Urkel was on? You said yeah, family matters. Yeah. yeah. But um, in this other show, just say the show, just say the show. I like the dancing dancing around um, whatever my second choice is, which is what you're talking about. What you're talking about Willis. Oh, okay. Okay. From in uh, good times. Go ahead. In good times, uh, Esther roll and, um, uh, Ramo, uh, Amos, John, John Amos, John Amos, were very um, seasoned stage performers, and essentially right off, um, you know, like the set of uh, Broadway, you know, Broadway or off Broadway, and um, here they're being upstaged by this stand-up comedian <laughs> from L.A. who didn't even show up. Yeah, and uh, to the point where they had to, um, uh, they'd film the show, and they would let all the audience go. And then uh, all the other actors would leave, and then the director would have um, Jimmy J.J. Walker stay after to do a bunch of dynamites <laughs> so they could edit them into the oh, show. Nice. The, so the other actors wouldn't see, didn't know that he was stealing the show until they saw it on TV. Wow. So they just had some serious monologue about losing their job at the factory or getting you know kicked out of high school, and then cut to dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where'd that come from? He did not say that on set. Um, and they would add a huge laugh track from an audience that wasn't even there. So well, that's why John know. that's why John Amos left the show, right? Like either they that's why they wrote him off because he was yeah. bitching so much about about uh, Jimmy Roll Walker. Like, I know Esther Roll. Oh yeah, no, you're exactly right. Yeah, John Amos left left because Esther Roll had to explain his 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 very sudden passing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh so funny. Yeah, it's funny in that it's uh they can often be an enticing uh, um, um, uh, dog whistle, you know, for for the audience. But uh, the other actors thought they were in an ensemble. <laughs> they didn't realize that they, they didn't just... realize they were being uh, they they were being second fiddles to yeah. uh, Jimmy Walker. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Winfield, what's your second one? Well, my second one is um, what you talking about, Willis, nice. as said by um, Gary Coleman on the nineteen uh, seventies into the eighties. Or was it all in the 80s? I started in the 70s. Always. Started in the 70s. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, from the show Different Strokes and Gary Coleman, uh, a actor that was a child actor, but he suffered from a, like a kind of rare kidney disease that kept him from growing too much. So he was always like a, a smaller person. And I think because of this, they... Um, you know, as a, especially as a child actor, they, he was very good at like 
pulling faces and giving dirty looks and the what you're talking about willis line was definitely aimed at having to give him this thing to say that was cuddly and kind of cute and funny and um sassy and it was one of those i think he probably said it every episode after the first time he said it i imagine that it was just like one of those things that people were like uh richard said we're just people were just waiting to hear the just yeah you know waiting for him to say the line and i think it's just one of the unfortunate things that happens where um executives get involved and they're like this is the thing that this kid has to say he uh he's got to say the line because everybody wants him to say the line if he doesn't say the line what are Mm -hmm. we doing here what's the rest of the show if 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 not for these six or seven words and i think uh that's when the catchphrase takes over the show um much like it did for family matters I feel weird about that I, because in in a sitcom catchphrases are definitely made fun of. Like think of a show like um, SNL would make probably make fun of a um, sitcom for having catchphrases, or like uh, the movie or the TV show Extras. Um, Ricky Gervais is kind of a bad actor who's an extra. Then he doesn't he have his own show. Yeah, he becomes like this like uh, yeah. wacky neighbor or something like that on some British yeah. show where he's got his like little catchphrase. Yeah. Are you having a laugh? There's something something like that. Uh but SNL has recurring sketches and those people say the same damn things. I'm here to pump you up, excuse me, making copies. Uh so it's not necessarily a sitcom, but it's a, a comedy show. So why why is it okay there? But it's and no, I know we're not judging whether it's okay or not, but why is it criticized within a sitcom, I wonder? I think it's because I think there's a little bit of acceptance of with a weekly variety show where you have 90 minutes to fill mm-hmm. that just there's such a a need for content that repeating characters and doing these popular catchphrases, it's, it's a crutch, but it's something that you're more likely to to, to sort of forgive yeah. the writers for versus a 22 minute sitcom where you have, you know, 22 episodes a season or however long, many episodes you have. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. I if do you wonder go to, if it's different now with, with DVRs. Like we, there's something about catchphrases. There's almost the continuity aspect of, of sitcoms. And is it different now that we can watch them over and over again? I don't know. We're, stream- say, We're streaming. I was just going to say, um, yeah. The fact that, you know, if you watch five episodes back to back to back to back to back and the same catchphrase is in every episode, I think you yeah. would start to get like, wait a second, what's going on here? Yeah. No one no one begrudges going to see like uh, a band and they play their, you know, most popular song. Like if I went and saw The Cure and they played Boys Don't Cry, I'm not going to be mad about it. <laughs> yeah. If they play it at every stop on the tour for their yeah. entire North American tour, no one's going to be mad that, they, that they're playing, you know, a lot of the same, like bands go and rehearse, you know, their, the songs they're going to play on a particular tour or whatever. Um, I think because the sketch comedy aspect is so short that yeah. it's kind of like, they're like little songs. They're, you know, anywhere from three to eight minutes long, these sketches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you go in, you want to sometimes 
be go and see like, oh yeah, I want to. That's right. He is going to say Schwing right now. Good. <laughs> I want him to say that. That's the thing that I want this guy to say. Yeah. I want. I, I want to. Um. You know the. I can only think of Wayne's World. I like. I'm stuck on just being like fished in, uh, like whatever it is. Yeah. Like, you want when when I go to see a band, I want them to play some of my favorite things. And I think sketch comedy, at least for SNL's sake, has that same sort of feeling versus, ah, God, I think Richard made just such a good point. Like if you're watching like five episodes of um, different strokes, it's like, oh my God, they're telling the same story five times in a row. I don't, I don't need to see that. And they're saying the same things in each of them. <laughs> yeah. What are we yeah. doing here? I think that I, I read the uh, Life from New York book, and I've talked about this book a few times. It's the oral history of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Nealon had a good point about catchphrases. And he said basically, you know, he didn't, when he first started on the show, he didn't like the idea of having like a popular catchphrase or something that, that was like kind of was a callback type thing. But he realized after a while, it's like, look, it's something that everybody at the water cooler on Monday morning can say to each other. And now you have this like shared experience of yeah. like, hey, you saw this thing too. You know what I'm talking about. So it kind of puts you in with this kind of like cool club yeah, of like the people who kind of get it. So I think that's part of, part, that's part of why catchphrases are, are so frequent and are mm-hmm. a thing that, that TV shows, particularly sitcoms, chase. It's because it does give you that sort of, uh, that sort of like instant cash. An instant sort of like, you know, sense of a collective. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And I understand that, Michael, you're kind of comparing the two art forms and wondering why we might critique one by leaning on familiarity, but not the other. So totally makes sense. Okay. So, uh, hey, uh, we, well, you know what? Uh, your second, your first one was an adult, a 30-year-old playing a 20-year-old. <laughs> and... um. I think your second choices were uh, a little bit of the same thing. It's, it seems like I don't know how old Gary Coleman or, or Steve Urkel were. By the, were by when the, they were playing by the time he left, by the time he left the show, um, he was like eighteen or so. Was he's he probably okay. still playing a, a younger, playing younger? But you know, when he first started, he was only ten, so that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah totally acceptable. Okay, so playing a ten-year-old, I would assume. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. Uh, invite you to go onto the social media handles that we have on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and let us know your suggestions for future episodes of this podcast. We would love to have uh, an invitation to go into a fanciful direction that you send us in that direction. So let us know what you want us to talk about. I got an idea. I got an idea for all of you. What is it? What is it? Go onto Nextdoor and just start talking us up in your yeah. neighborhood that's the best thing you better can do. better <laughs> better than yard signs better than just just start being like oh my god have you guys heard how great the mount rushmore <laughs> podcast is post just randomly around the world let's see it let's get this thing going someone was looking through my trash cans at 1 a.m last night and have you heard the mount rushmore podcast? <laughs> maybe they were looking through my trash cans that's a good idea yeah anything uh go to our only fans and yeah. check that out. No, don't. No. Oh, no, 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 no. We offer. Um, uh, you, could, uh, you know why it's called OnlyFans for us? 
<laughs> you, you're, you, the current listener, are our only you're fans. Our only Thank fan. you. Yeah. You'll, it'll help curb your appetite if you're concerned about overeating. It's like Dexatrim yeah. for your yeah. eyes. For your eyes. So let's get back to the topic at hand, which is the Mount Rushmore of TV character catchphrases. And let's go with uh, Richard's third choice. All right. So you were talking about characters playing young, younger than they are when they're actually older. I've got one from a character. Now let's talk about Peter Falk being a 40-year-old playing a 50-year-old. Oh, what, a diff- what a difference. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, I am talking about Peter Falk as Columbo and his popular catchphrase. Just one more thing. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I loved Columbo. I loved I loved the reruns of Columbo growing up that were that would show uh-huh. on my local independent TV's channel at like four in the afternoon when I got home from school. Columbo is such a a brilliant character, and the catchphrase. This is one time where the catchphrase just sort of organically worked for the character, and it never felt forced because it was it reinforced the key sort of character points of that character yeah right like so you know if you if you've never seen columbo first off what are you doing stop go go turn on me tv right now mm-hmm. i'm sure it's on 24 7 on a loop but C- columbo was this you know great character this great character because he was a brilliant detective but he his whole shtick was that he wasn't a brilliant detective he kind of came off as bumbling and sort of, you know, head in the clouds, maybe a little bit forgetful. But then he would always ask just that, just one more thing, ma'am. And that last question was always the question, the killer question that got him the information he needed to put mm-hmm. the next piece of the puzzle together. Yeah. And it, it was, I'm sorry, just one more thing. And the way that they would just get kind of brought in naturally throughout the course of all these episodes it never felt forced it never felt like they were saying oh we got to get another just one more thing into this episode it just Mm. felt like something natural for the character to say Mm. and that's and like i said i just of all the my of all of the tv cop or detective slash whodunit type shows Mm -hmm. columbo was always my favorite because peter falk was so great and he had this just this winning person rumpled I think is the best way to describe his personality. And it seemed to be a perfect fit for the actor and the character. And that catchphrase seemed to be a perfect fit for that character. Absolutely. Totally agree. I Do you, um, do you think his secret was the same as um, former President um, George W.? Was that uh, they misunderestimate? Uh, yes, yes, that was absolutely yeah. Columbo every time. Is yeah. you know they would look at Columbo and see this kind of like, like I said, rumpled trench coat wearing sort of guy, sort of stumbling around and yeah, and, and just seeming seeming like he doesn't know what he's doing. And then all of a sudden at the end, boom, he's got the thing solved. Well, how did he do that? By having people underestimate him. Yeah, I, you know it's funny. All the detectives who come into my life and I just I underestimate them if they don't seem like they have their act together i can right. make, i under i understand 
I can't imagine having a detective talk to me for any reason whatsoever. I would confess to whatever crime they think that I did, whether I did it or not. Oh my God, he's got a notebook and he's asking questions. Um, He's got uh, a trench coat? I'm fucked. Uh, Did I tell you my sister in in, uh, high school, this is in the early 90s, I guess, um, went to Germany for a um, study abroad semester Uh or whatever. And uh, she was watching Columbo and they add fart sounds in what those, in those gaps where he says, Oh, just one more thing in whatever. And he, they add farts because I don't know if the humor just doesn't translate or what, but they would add flatulence to, oh, to fill that gap where nobody's talking or whatever. Uh, thought that was funny. She also said, um, she watched some uh, some Disney shorts and uh, Mickey, um, Goofy, Minnie. They're all translated into German, but Donald is not because they didn't yes. know he was actually talking <laughs> you know, in English. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, Winfield, what's your next one? Uh, my next one is uh, the catchphrase, uh, Make It Work by Tim Gunn from oh, wow. the... Uh, series uh project runway and what i like about this is like he is like such a real person yeah like he never feels like he's being written for obviously like the make it work thing became a catchphrase because he had just said it so much yeah. you know he enters into so project runway for just in case you lived under a rock or whatever was like a fashion design competition reality show i don't think it, it might still be on i don't know for sure i have no idea but i used to watch it a ton um a number of years ago and he's so great as this like mentor figure that comes in to these designers kind of workroom and works with them and he's very honest with them and he's very um encouraging and this phrase, make it work, has so much potential, kind of like Fonzie's A, to mean a lot of different things. It could be like, well, you got it. You can do it. Yeah. Make it work. Yeah. It's encouraging. Or it's like, uh, I don't know, make it work. Like whatever you got to do to fix whatever problem that you have, just try to do it. Try to do something with this. And I, mm-hmm. I like that it had become like this kind of seeming like an ethos for him. This thing that, uh, is, I don't know. It's very, it's very uplifting that there's this guy that comes in and he's just always just like, you can do this. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever you have this power, whether they do or don't, I mean, who knows to fix the thing, to find a solution, um, to, even just be, I don't know, energetic about it. make it work. It's like mm-hmm. a, a mantra, and I think um, it really works for him as a person who feels just such a, I don't know, one of the strangest. I think he feels like the most honest person on television at times. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know, he's this true character that doesn't ever feel like he's. Well, he always playing. feels like that he's rooting for the contestants. Yeah. Right. Like, it doesn't feel like... That was one of the things that I watched a lot of Project Runway as well. Um, and... I'm sure, with your wife um, doing so doing much... Um, sewing and everything, yeah. Costuming. Yeah, yeah it was it was must-see TV for a while. And it was one of the shows where you just felt like 
it it was a competition show, but it didn't feel like it was like cutthroat. Yeah. Much in the same way, like the Great British Baking Show doesn't feel like a feels different than watching Survivor or something like that. Mm-hmm. I totally that's an interesting poll, Michael, and it's a great, well observed. Uh, I would also say the milieu that they're in is it almost seems like it's the flip side of you better work, which is like a RuPaul-ish kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and I think that's one fun aspect of it, um, that uh, he's got this kind of ally, kind of, it just seems like he's rooting for you, but he's also telling you it's all on you. And he, he, this will succeed if you interrogate If you put the, the effort f- into it. Yeah. You, yeah. If you figure it out, it, this thing can work, which yeah. is always great, which is, yeah. you know, all these people are, you know, also grappling with their own um, kind of uh, f- feelings of ability or, or inadequacy mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, they're handed a ridiculous thing to do within a ridiculous time frame with often ridiculous materials. And it's just like, here you go. You, know, yeah. you turn this trash into high fashion. Yeah, it's, it is a very powerful catchphrase. And yeah, is this the first time we're entering? Not not that it, all entertainment isn't a narrative that is adjusted and massaged, and but maybe that's the first non-scripted. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I could okay. I, I I could make a case that the this this stop this episode is TV character catchphrases, but I will also say that if you're on a reality show, you are Tim Gunn is in some level playing the character. Tim Gunn. Yeah, and, and right. I, I, I guarantee at some point it he transforms into that. Yeah, especially when you're on the air for you know ten years or however long you know. Yeah, I point. didn't. I didn't want to raise that. Be too pedantic about it because I think that the it's not like Walter Cronkite saying that's the way it is or something like that. Mm-hmm. There is a performative aspect to what. Yeah what Tim Gunn was doing on Project Runway. I, I imagine he would also not be allowed to not say it <laughs> so, because people, because he's developed it as part of the character so much. Okay, uh, so um, hit, hit me with your best shot, Mr. Manfredi. Don't! Don't. Oh. It's I'll, a, I'll end mine with, with, yeah, with a similar, uh, don't have a cow, man. We're both. We're both in the Simpsons. Simpsons. Okay. There's a Simpsons working in both of us. Okay. Yeah, for me it was oh, just because it's become so ubiquitous in popular culture that Merriam-Webster had to add it to the dictionary. Yeah. Um, and also, it also falls into that category of TV catchphrases that have come to define a character to the point of harming the character. Mm-hmm. The more Homer Simpson says, oh. The more that he becomes reinforced as this like just dim-witted rube, which he always has been, but there's been there's there there was a turn at some point around season I don't know seventeen twenty who the hell knows at this point, yeah. where he went from being somewhat dim-witted but occasionally with with flashes of smarts to just being a complete moron. And a lot of that has to do with how many times can we get him to say "don't" during an episode. <laughs> so that was my that was my big reason for choosing it. 
I mean, Simpsons is chock chock a block full of catchphrases. There's many of them that we that I think we could have gone with. We didn't go with "Eat My Shorts," which mm-hmm. would have been another popular mm-hmm. one. Um, for me, for me, oh, just sort of like encapsulates everything about the Simpsons. When I think Simpsons, what, I think dope. What does that mean when he says that to you? I guess it means I've screwed up again. Yeah, okay. In in the very classic sitcom dad sort of way. Yeah. Usually it's whenever he does something it's classic sitcom dad and stupid. That's when mm-hmm. he says it. Yeah. I do appreciate when his catchphrase is adopted by someone else. Um, especially like when Lisa cranks out uh, a don't every yeah, now yeah. and then, and it's like even <laughs> it, the you know the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree uh, with with that with her as well that they're all they're all they all have it in them to um, be disappointed with something they've done or annoyed themselves <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. It almost seems like it is the current. It was it's it it is a currency that now belongs to everyone in Springfield <laughs> because. Yes. Of, because it's become the the show catchphrase almost, and is it true? It's, it is it is written. It is never written in scripts. It is only it is it is referred to as annoyed grunt. Yes, yeah. they don't actually write out dope, dope. Um, so at some point, Dan Castellaneta must have said dope. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah, so, so why that, don't have well, he? Well, they probably wrote annoyed grunt, and he came up with whatever yeah. that was going to be. It could have been yeah. anything. Uh. But I, I feel like Don't Have a Cow Man entered the consciousness faster than... Sure, because Bart was the breakout star of the show. Yeah. No doubt about it. And I think that's why I chose that one. It could be because it was plastered on posters and t-shirts and yeah. even like his first action figure. Like they came with little... I mean, as ridiculous as it is, they came with these little like speech bubbles that they could hold up with different things that they'd say. Like the toy came with like, you know, Bart had a skateboard, but then he also had the speech bubble that said like, don't have a cow man, or I'm sure it said, eat my shorts, or it said like, uh, a yeah, <laughs> a lot of cows. It's Bart, Bart has a lot of cow related uh, commentary. Um, I'm sure Homer said dough or can I have a donut or something, you know, or mm-hmm. something stupid or, you know, but I think with Bart, he has, you know, the show eventually became so super meta that it had to comment on itself and comment uh, on his own um, stardom. And it had to start somewhere. And I think Don't Have a Cowman is something that was probably written down as just like a flippant line that he said at you know one time to Homer. Like something broke or who knows. Like Don't Have a Cowman just walked away. Like what's, you know, what's the big deal? I, <laughs> who cares about whatever, whatever thing that I've done, which is, you know, I guess Bart's kind of mantra. Yeah in life. I'm going to do things. I don't really going to care about the repercussions of these things happening. But, you know, l- years later around season six or seven, uh, Bart, the character in the show becomes famous for having a new catchphrase, which is I, I didn't do it when he accidentally knocks something over. Um, he becomes the, I didn't do it boy and goes on Conan O'Brien and, is like everyone turns around waiting for him to say his one line as we all have been doing talking about the show. Um, and I don't know, I think, but it all started somewhere. And I think don't have a cowman is so weird, but just as um, annoyed grunt speaks to who Homer is as a person who's constantly annoyed with himself, telling people to stop worrying about me 
<laughs> breaking things or screwing yeah. things up is <laughs> Bart's mantra. It's like he's just like just just stop stop worrying about things, mom. Yeah. Like you know, she's always mm-hmm, and Homer's angry, at whatever. It's just like God, can I just live my life, man? I, I, yeah, Bunga, man. I, I think Homer doesn't I think of the consequences, and Bart doesn't want to deal with the consequences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two yeah. peas in a pod. Michael, refresh my memory. Where there's the one episode where they're all, everyone in the classroom is like pointing at Bart to say like his catchphrase, and then they all start laughing at him. Is it "Don't have a cow, man"? No, it it becomes it's the one from um, Bart gets famous where they they want him to say "I didn't do it." That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because he has the um, and then he um, makes a song. uh, is on like in living color with like the I didn't do it dancers. <laughs> he has this, yeah, he has this I didn't do it rap song and uh, MC Hammer's there and says because I knew that was the that there I knew they that was when you're talking about meta commentary on catchphrases. Yeah. I knew they did that as an as basically an episode and that's kind of where the the meme came from. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't remember what the catchphrase was. Um, but I think Bart was, you know, very heavily marketed towards, um is uh you know sticking his thumb in the nose of authority or whatever it is sure yeah he was was the bad boy bad boy so innocent the things that he said eat my shorts don't have a cow down with homework what's fun is like the i don't think i don't know if i know fox was an underdog at that time or taking Mm, on the big three i don't know that it, the Simpsons necessarily position themselves as the punk rock version of the sitcom or, or taking on anim, animation per se, as much as they were just a bunch of very smart people trying to do something original. So I don't think the fact that they started to become what they criticized, <laughs> I don't know if they were even criticizing. Uh, they, they may have wanted, had a target on, um, on the Cosby show because they were opposite them in a time slot. But uh, I don't know if they were really targeting those kind of shows that had catchphrases or not, or, or they were just trying to be work at the top of their intelligence. So it's interesting. I think, I think they eventually just worked themselves up the ladder to the point where they were like, Oh, we can, we can tell um, self-reflexive stories about ourselves now. We're, yeah, we don't we don't need to comment on anybody else, or it actually ends up doing that. But I think that they can, they got to a point where they could. It became all self, you know, uh, it, the world within a world jokes and what have you. Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, let's do some judging. Um, don't have a cow, you guys. If I don't pick yours, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go with A because A A. We both a, picked a, it A A, and um. Boy, talk about, I feel like, you know, I realize this is about the catchphrase, but in a way kind of talk, kind of framing up how it maybe damaged the person who said it was the, did I do that? And, um, and also because it was, you, you spelled that out as being so integrated within the character, um, for both of these, make it work. And just one more thing, um, even though one is a real ish person and one's a, a fictional person. And then. Do I pick another? I was no, that's four. That's okay. four. So this has been You're off um, the hook, Jeff. You're done. You're oh, off so. the hook. 
to hey, use oh, that's character Rich, catchphrase. Dunzo. Dunzo is Dunzo. Mine is you're off the hook. Okay. Which could are you, you know that are can you apply. Pulling to my leg. Of my widow, f- my widow wed wagon. <laughs> yes, yeah. That was. I one almost of the thought about doing that one. So. I almost thought about going there as a very meta choice, but I decided <laughs> to uh, to avoid it. I, I just love this high class entertainment. Is the name of his? And he has a fart sound effect machine, right? right. All right. This has been the thing with the thing. I am always Jeff. Uh, I'm Richard. I'm Michael.